0: You're listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association, where we discuss the latest market trends in outdoor recreation. And now, here are your hosts, Kelly Davis and Patrick
1: Hogan. Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of Inside the Outdoors. I'm your host, Patrick Hogan. In this episode, Kelly and I identify which pandemic era trends have proven to be sticky and which have not stuck around. How many Americans are still spending time outdoors in 23? How have participants expanded their reach into multiple types of outdoor recreation activities? And how has the marketplace adjusted to meet the needs of the 2023 consumer? Let's get into it. We are now, let's say this will publish in November, right? Yeah. Let's say we're three years, nine months after the beginning of the pandemic. Is that fair? Something like that, you know, affecting the U.S. market.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It started, but I, I count it from March, 2020.
1: Yeah, we're about, yeah, eight months, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, a lot has changed between then and now. A lot of trends have stuck around and are and are sticky. A lot of trends sort of came and went. A lot of trends from before the pandemic did not survive the pandemic. Let's talk about like what change has remained since the pandemic. I got a handful of, of notes about cycling. I'm sure you have the same for your categories, but we can also sort of talk about the greater market and and how that might affect outdoor. Well,
0: the place I want to really start is air fryers, Mm -hmm.
1: air fryers. Yeah. We talked about them last. So, so this can be the season of air fryers. I think we talked about pickleball a lot last season, this season, maybe we're on air fryers. I I don't have one, but we'll see by the end of the season. If I, if I end up picking one up, I'll I'll out myself though, as um, I have an Instapot. That was my like large kitchen investment.
0: Yeah, dude, that company just went out of business.
1: Well, I'm still using mine just fine.
0: Yeah, I hope you don't need parts. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean, what what we mean by stickiness, by the way, is in outdoor. When I think about stickiness, like who's who's who continues to do an activity, right? Who started it? And who's who's um, sticking around to do it again? And the areas in outdoor, just I'm going to start with participation trends. The where I'm seeing it um, continues to be in the most accessible activities. So. Since the pandemic, so since basically, you know, when I started measuring in uh, January, so I had to measure all of 2020 to get this for the pandemic against 2019 and beyond. We've gained 14.5 million outdoor participants. I expected after 21, like after that big surge where you couldn't find the parking space at your informally empty trail. Yeah. Um, I expected, honestly, things like the most accessible things because everybody went out and did them to, you know, take a take a dive back to normal. Like, that's kind of what I expected in the data. And when I when I started looking at it, that is not what's happened at all. In fact, what happened was, you know, the activities that we we kind of couldn't do, like triathlon, like um, adventure, yeah.
1: riding,
0: like you know, those kinds of activities have continued to to be a little bit have have continued their decline so they were you know they're thin and they continued to decline i expected those to pump back up but it was the it's the activities like um hiking and birding and biking and camping and fishing that that new people came and tried during the pandemic and those people apparently liked what they saw because they've stuck yeah. around That's exactly what I'm talking about, and for the you know, in a lot of cases, it's just put your shoes on and go. And I think that that became something that's very attractive for a a variety of different reasons during the pandemic, and as we move through the pandemic, and and you know, I still don't know if it's over or not. Right? I don't have the credentials to be able to say whether it's over or not. Um, I mean, I just got a booster, so yay for me. Um, Hopefully, I'll get by. But um, it's it's going to be interesting to see, but. When I think about stickiness, I think about and I think about changes that have happened since the pandemic that honestly we're just not aware of because it just kind of happened. And you know, mm-hmm. they say a habit forms, <laughs> they, there are all kinds of books about how you can form a habit. It's like do something a hundred times and suddenly it's a yeah, habit. yeah, yeah. Right? The idea that it just becomes that it becomes rote, um, that we just mm-hmm. do it. Uh, and I think that we've got a whole bunch of new behaviors, including things like I'm going to go for a hike this week because all of yeah. a sudden, you know it's it's funny. I feel better when I do that. And it just sort of became rote. Um, So I'm, you know, I don't know if it, if, if there are a whole bunch of people. And when I say a whole bunch, I'm talking about 14.5 million that did something a hundred times and now it's a habit or, or, you know, how to, how to look at that. But I can tell you that, you know, the, the activities that really, really um, expanded And we're already big in the first place. Most of these Mm -hmm. like birding expanded and it was already big and they expanded in funny ways. Like now I'm like getting into the weeds of what happened here? Who stuck around? (laughs) Who's doing it? Where's this trend going? And, and, you know, hiking, it's everybody, right? Hiking is great. And, you know, a more diverse crowd is getting to hiking. I mean, it's great to see everybody accessing the trail. And then I look at something like birding and yeah, you know, there's more diversity, and, and, and amazingly, like young people are into birding now. Who knew? Really? Maybe it's, I, I think it's TikTok, man, but it, it grew huge <laughs> on, the, on the other side of the, uh, the, the age spectrum. All yeah. of a sudden, all the old people are birding. All of them, all of us. I must say, since I'm in that cohort, exactly. like, yeah, I can yeah, look okay. out my window and go, okay. look, it's the Robin. Oh, look, I know that song. <laughs> yeah, visit, to, to the, I had some nuthatches like visit me last weekend, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Look, nuthatches. I am not alone, man." And it's really interesting to, to now that we know that that these activities are sticky, that people are sticking around after trying yeah. them during the pandemic. Um, then it's time to really dig in and figure out who is it that's driving this trend, and you know how can we how can we you know take advantage. Uh, sort of, you know, it's basically you're overcoming. You've overcome some inertia. Let's keep that momentum going. What What do we need to do to spin that and keep it going, keep it moving? Like we, we've we a new target audience found this activity. Now let's engage them. Let's Let's hear them. Let's That's see it. them, and and find out. You know, what is it that What is it about this that you love? And what can we do to make it more accessible, easier, more fun for you? That's what I'm looking at in terms of stickiness. I, I am beyond, yeah, people stuck around. Now I want to make that. I want to make, hey, well, the sun is shining, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. People for Bikes just did a study on the new pandemic rider, which might be a bit of a misnomer. But folks who started riding during the pandemic, the, the idea was that we wanted to figure out who came into the sport or came, came into the activity and then left. Uh, but we found that that segment didn't really exist the way we thought it did through anecdotal evidence. We, what, do you mean? what It wasn't the case that there was a crowd of folks that started and then stopped. Okay, It was the case that there were riders who were on the bike before the pandemic who might have stopped. But uh, the overwhelming majority of riders who started during the pandemic have stayed on the bike. To some degree, they might not be riding as frequently as they were in 2020, but neither were the avid cyclists, you know, and I'll put myself in that category. I rode a lot in 2020 because I didn't have a thing to do. Um, uh, also, Me I should too. know my, my child, my only child was born in 21, so I had more free time in 2020, but that's that's an end of one. I think we had fewer opportunities to participate in active, safe, socially distant, engaging activities and, and a handful, like you said, you know, like walk out the door, hiking and cycling um, kind of rose to the top. And frequency was way up. We see frequency down, but we still um, we measured that more Americans rode a bike in 22 than we'd ever measured before. And that includes growth over 2020. We do a biennial census of cycling activity in the U.S. And, and in the even years, we take a measurement. And we found that we grew to 108 million Americans over the age of three, riding a bike at least once in 22.
0: That's amazing. Which is,
1: yeah, more more than we've ever seen. And a lot of those folks um, are riding differently than they were before the pandemic. We we saw a lot less riding for um, commuting purposes. So So we get data from Echo Counter, which is a group that has automated bike counters, kind of like you'd have. For a car, you'd roll over like little pneumatic tubes to measure how many cars pass through an intersection or whatever. Um, the same exists for bikes on um, sure. paths and yeah, in bike lanes, and everything across the US. Riding Monday through Friday between the hours of eight and 10 and between the hours of four and six, which, which we think of as like commuting time, way down. But that's because none of us are going to the office nine to five. I shouldn't exactly. say none of us. The, the workforce is largely not working nine to five Monday through Friday, like we were before the pandemic we're hybrid or we're still like fully remote. There's, there's so many other ways to have a 40 hour work week that folks aren't writing for that reason, but folks are riding for recreation or they are riding for trips to the grocery stores or this like transportation bit that, that is one trend I had, I had written down before this, like what, what changed in the pandemic that stuck around. That's been really sticky, but there's a lot of other factors uh, that play into that, like the fact that we're not going to the office. And, and I don't think that's something that needs to be corrected for. That's just a new equation that we have. Th- this is how we ride bikes. We ride them for fun, for recreation, and we ride them maybe for transportation, but not commuting in the way we did before, because we're just not commuting.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, I'm not commuting. I'm not either. <laughs> uh,
1: once a, Once a week. That's it. Yeah.
0: I, and I used to when it when I had to go into the office, I w- I rode my bike at least twice a week. So there's oh, your sure. yeah. there's your other n equals one for the moment. Yeah. I'm and one of the things I'm seeing in the data also that we've emphasized a couple of times is the the um, decline in the number of outings overall. So it was sort of a decline yeah. in the, the number of core participants. And I am seeing a slight decline in core and basically every activity, but. I think that cross participation is up so you know when i see that that somebody's not a core hiker i see that they're they're hiking they're also biking they're also walking they're also right so it's it's i'm seeing a lot of a lot of entrance into into outdoor into one of the more accessible categories and it could be bike it could be it could be walk it could be even run um and then expansion into other activities uh more more sophisticated more more gear intensive activities For example, um, or or amping up, you know, or choosing one, which is which seems to be less. That seems to be less of the norm now. It seems to be more of the norm to generalize across outdoor than to specialize in one thing. Like there's always going to be a a certain number of core, so about thirty percent core in just about any activity. But that is that number is actually going down while the number of people that are doing that are doing a lot of stuff across the board is going up. I think that's a good thing. Frankly, and so you know, while raising the alarm, like oh my God, we're losing our core participants. What what, what shall we ever do? To you know, maybe maybe it's just a, a time to really give some thought about how people are consuming the experience. Just like you were talking about, it's changed, and I think that it's really important for us to try and keep up with that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, m- maybe yeah, even like necessary. To keep by up act- with
0: that. Yeah, activity by activity, I and mean, think about for for example snow sports has lost a, a number of participants over the past 5 years is that uh, right? but but the the actual number of outings is up so you see a you know a decline in the number of participants well last year they had 64 million skier visits unbelievably incredible I and mean, that's record year by about 4 million skier visits oh wow right and and so it's really interesting when you start to think about in each activity what's driving that you know, what's driving the expansion in backcountry ski? Um, what's driving the number of people going down? And yet those people seem to be participating more, which is out of pattern for the rest of outdoor. And there are a lot of answers there. And there are a lot of answers in each of our activities as to why this is going on. And, you know, overall, outdoor sticky, good thing. Um, more people participating, good thing. You know, mm-hmm. let's start looking at you know how those patterns have changed. And why they've changed. And that if just, just as a clue, I haven't left out the elephant in the room in snow sports, which is a season pass. That's what's that's what's driving a lot of that change, right? So, you know, but I think I think about snow sports a lot because I think about cross-country skiing and the, even the way people are cross-country skiing has changed. And some there are a lot of variables there, for example. Um, when all the season pass holders show up at a resort on a Saturday, a lot of the people that that don't like to wait in a lift line think maybe I'll try something else today. And so we're trying to take advantage of that in cross country skiing by saying, "Hey, you want you know where there isn't a line? Come on over, try this yeah, yeah. Snow activity." So this is important because if you can think through. You know, some of those changes and find the variances and what we thought happened before and what is happening now, you can exploit that in the marketplace. And that's a huge advantage. If you if you can actually look at how things have worked out and say, hmm, that's interesting because there's a new problem in town. And the new problem, <laughs> for example, is, you know, I don't want to stand in an hour-long lift line and be on a hill that looks like ants on sugar yeah, I want to try something else. I'd love to be outside on the snow. What shall I ever do? Let's solve that problem for him. I love it. Yeah,
1: I think we we had an episode about this time last year about optimizing access and, and overcrowding, and I think we we talked about the season pass lever too.
0: Yeah, I've um, been talking about it for a while. So I I'm mean, I, <laughs> maybe I'm still sore that Vail Resorts you know bought my resort and then fired me. <laughs> Oh, I'm still sore about
1: it a little, maybe. What are you going to do?
0: I don't know. I I just so loved waking up at three in the morning to go be the snow reporter for minimum wage. (laughs) Whatever Uh, will I do when I can't do that. Yeah, it's, I mean, but it is. it is interesting when we talk about stickiness and think through it a little bit. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, when I look at it and say, okay, well, core shrinking, yes, that should, we should think about that. We should be a little bit concerned about that, but at the same time, it's giving way to a generalist that wants to do a whole bunch of new things. Yes. And if we can pay attention to that, there are times when, you know, they're, they're going to be basically open to different, to different ideas across, you know, marketing and outdoor like, Hey, you know what, you know, what's super fun. They haven't tried hiking in the rain. We've got just the stuff for you. That kind of thing.
1: Um, Does that exist? Is that a real thing? No, I don't know that I would seek that activity.
0: It's awesome. I could sell that activity, but yes,
1: you know that just all right. I'll try anything once.
0: Yeah, I mean, just think think about all the you know all the different gear you can use. Just you know, there are different ways to interest a consumer that's more of a generalist than core. That's all. I'm
1: saying. I'm I'm, uh, I'm with you. I think indoor cycling hit that pocket just about right too, and 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 we've seen, um indoor cycling take a hit early in the pandemic, but, um, in some ways recover, I think as a function of that cross participation. And, and like you said, those low barrier to entry activities, like walking out the door, if you have, a a bicycle and an adequate trainer, you can set up in your basement and you can go, okay, well, I'm going to pop down there for 30 minutes, watch an episode of something like get in my cross training and then go about my afternoon.
0: Yeah. And it, well, you you mentioned you know over hundred million Americans are are considered cyclists, um, or have ridden a bike at least once. Yeah, yeah. One hundred and fifteen million million Americans also walk, right? And I, I'm sure that the crossover is pretty huge there. In fact, we could probably look it up. Um, but same thing, like you know, honestly, you don't need anything to go for a walk. I mean, you should, probably should be clothed.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that minimum that's probably maybe? bare minimum. Just
0: be legal. Uh, but yeah, it's. The, I think that those activities continue to be very, very attractive. And yeah, what you know, once we've got we've got people thinking about the benefits of being outdoors and being in nature, whether they're you know riding a bike in the fall, you know, mm-hmm. doing some leaf peeping, or just they got on their bike because they wanted to check out some leaves, and all of a sudden, my God, isn't isn't this all great? I want to do more. Yeah. Yeah. How do we, how do we find those consumers and hit them just at the right time? That's, that's the $52 million question for me. How do I, how do I, and I know there's got to be an algorithm that could get us there.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Hit them at the right time. Let's, let's like switch this a bit into market trends. So we, we've talked about participation trends a bit. Let's yeah. talk about market trends. Um, We saw a huge bump in online shopping early in the pandemic. Because you couldn't be in person anywhere, right? We have seen in bike and, and I think in a lot of areas of the market sort of a return to like a, a normalization maybe of um in person versus e-commerce. What have you seen in your categories? Do you know?
0: Um, you know, retail remains fairly strong. I mean, we still 28 billion at retail, so it's it's yeah. nothing, nothing to sneeze at. That includes some e-com. What that does not include is direct to consumer, and I mean, mm-hmm. it, I was talking to somebody from Outside Magazine this week about this. You know, the idea that and the new consumers we're talking about. You know, we've gained fourteen point five million, but I mean, last year seven point one million Americans came back to outdoor after two seasons or or tried outdoor for the first time, and they're a much more diverse group. Unexpectedly, a much more diverse group. Our under seventeens are a much more diverse group and you know the the direct to consumer has expanded the market and allowed a lot of of small players to come in and fill little little niches here and there and yeah. some of those some of those brands that were considered niche blow up and she was and we were talking about footwear specifically so you know i think it's i think it's really important to think about in the marketplace you know the influx of new consumers, who they are, what they're doing, why they're doing it, and you know what they're looking for in terms of products. Yes, I'm seeing some return to retail after 2020, but you know, frankly, the direct to consumer trend has stuck around. And it's oh, ex- for sure. And it is expanding the market in sort of a postmodern market way. Like if there's it's mm. sort of a if there's something that you like or something that you're thinking about, now, and now is the time to either create, you know, create that product and solve people's problems, or you can probably find that out in the marketplace. And it's, it's sort of a, it's an interesting time because I think it's a really innovative time in the marketplace because we have remained sticky because people didn't just try outdoor or bike, you know, specifically and go away. They're, they're like, oh, this is pretty cool. I think, you know, this seems like a a pretty cool thing that I'm going to keep doing it. And and now you know we're we're looking to solve some of the problems that they have that maybe we haven't anticipated because the patterns of participation have shifted. That's how I'm trying to weave oh, this yeah. All together. yeah, I'm here. with you. Okay, I'm so with you. yeah, I think this. I think a, a sort of a, the new face of a consumer, even considering Gen Z and Gen Alpha, and and how how different their patterns tend to be, even. That I mean, talk about generalists and cross-participation. They're winning the fucking crown on that, right? Yeah,
1: now. yeah, yeah. Right.
0: And I said, I think I said, I don't remember which episode. It was like, you know, if you want to know what's going to happen in 10 years, look at a 20-year-old. I'm seeing really interesting things from them. And I think this we're in a time when the market opens up. And we're we're just getting a baseline of what the new patterns might look like, and I'm not going to be able to see all of that. I'm not going to be be able to see that detail in relief because I can't see direct to consumer right now.
1: Oh um, yeah, yeah.
0: Right. That said, at retail, I think all of the usual things that you know, some, some return to touch and feel before you buy, like
1: you know that. that yeah, We like, see that.
0: I'm not going to buy everything online, but there's there's no doubt about the strength of online shopping. <laughs> I mean,
1: <laughs> come on. Yes.
0: So, yeah, I mean, the patterns have changed. I don't I don't know. I think the most important part of that pattern is something I can't see. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what I, I'm very I'm very excited to see that article in outside. It's going to be amazing. So we'll see. Oh, cool. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think it was a long lead. I think it was a short lead article. So we'll see how it goes.
1: Well, very, maybe it'll be, if, if it's out by the time this lands, we'll put a uh, link in the episode description.
0: Yep, will do. I hope they will send it. Usually, they send me something. If they're going to quote me, they usually send me something beforehand. So,
1: you you made a point earlier that trends have changed. That we dropped some things, we added some things. Yeah. and it's important to uh, to understand who these consumers are and and what it is that they're doing and how it's changed since before the pandemic. And and business as usual doesn't cut it anymore. Data-driven decisions are the only way that you're going to be able to compete in a market that is as volatile as we've seen our outdoor market of the last three years, and as uncertain as we think it may be going into 24. Like we we talked last episode about um, some of the macroeconomic variables changing in the in the equation and or the the equation itself changing even. Yeah, um, that's that's tough to try and navigate that market if you're still using an old playbook, you know. Um, that's not going to hit the new consumers where they are with these new activities, with the new patterns of participation, with uh, reduced frequency in some cases, or in the case of ski, increased frequency. Calling your friendly neighborhood trade associations to understand what consumers are doing is the way to help make sure that you're going to like come out on top at the end of it.
0: Yeah, and you know what? These trends are are still developing. I mean, oh for sure, yeah, they're always developing. But in this case. You know, if somebody comes at you and tells you they know exactly how consumers have changed since COVID, and you know what you and they have a perfect prediction for what's going to happen in the next five years, beware. That's a red flag. Um, We are collecting data. We are looking at empirical data so that we can we can accurately measure um, what's going on here. And you know, I'm paying special attention to the young people in our industry and and um, the new people in the participant base, because I'm so I'm so into this that I think the actual archetype of outdoor is changing. The archetypes in each of the activities, like when you think about a climber, that's not who who's climbing anymore. So it's it's that important, and uh, we're doing everything we can to provide a very detailed view of of the current participant, and you know, giving some insight into how that's likely to change in the coming decade. That's our goal so that so that we can put our members, you know, in in the part of the market that really understands who their consumer is and what their consumer might need.
1: That's perfect. You summed it up perfectly.
0: It's a good team, man. Thanks. Yeah,
1: thank you. Couldn't do it without you. Thanks for listening to Inside
0: the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association. We'll see you next time.